the talent that's here and the talent that is continuing to develop here. We obviously have some mainstay guys like Ian Happ. Ian Happ, Cubs all-star outfielder. Deep drive to right. Back to the wall. It's got a chance. Gone. Rerun homer Ian Happ. Absolutely crushed that ball. Really solid at bat there. Gold Glove Award winner. Dives and makes a great catch in left center field. Ian Happ with a sensational diving catch. Host of the Compound Podcast. Cubbies are really hot. We've been playing really good ball. I think just being in the hunt for playoffs in the division and like all of that is it's right where you want to be. This is the most fun time of the year. We got 40 some 45 ish games left to make a push a month and a half to really kind of insert ourselves into the conversation. Connect Roasters coffee enthusiast. Here's a man that probably has five fresh pots a day. He's got an insatiable thirst for coffee. Ian Happ with Bernstein and Holmes on 670 The Score. Fun stuff for the Cubs right now. Two and a half out in the division, just two out in the loss column, and currently holding on to one of those wild card spots. One of the keys to the Cubs is our regular guest here on Sports Radio 670, Ian Happ, joins us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. That was a bit of a roller coaster last night. That's one where they say, get out of there, get back to the hotel before they change the scoreboard on you. That was a, it was a fun one. Uh, it was uh, not, not a lot happening there for the first what five or six innings, and then it got going pretty good. How did Nicky Madge hit that? That's a good question. That's a good question. I don't know if he even knows that. <laughs> that was a pretty, pretty great uh, video of the, the swing on the pitch in, and then sneaking over the bag. He said he was said he was trying to uh, just get the runner over, and that worked. What's it like to – I know it's not a, a big sample, but I'm fascinated by Assad. You know, he's been pretty good for you guys. And w- what's it like to, to play defense behind him? I mean, he's fantastic. He just he does a good job. He's mixing speeds. His sinker runs a lot. Um, and he's, he's kind of got a five-pitch mix. You know, he's got, he's got the sinker. He's got the cutter. He has a four. Um, he has a curveball. Uh, and a changeup, and he just kind of keeps guys off balance. You know, he was dealing um, last night, and then obviously a couple guys get to him there uh, third time through, but um, those guys have also been swinging the bat fantastic, um, Torque and, uh, and Carpenter there. So um, just did a great, great job of keeping us in that game and, and giving us a chance, and um, he's done a really good job. Just I think we talked about this last week, but just all the roles they've thrown at him um, and to be able to attack each one. Um, obviously, you know, he goes out in WBC, throws in a relief roll, does fantastic, um, kind of starts there with us, ends up being the long guy. And then um, to fill in in the rotation uh, after Stroh goes down, it's just been been a, a really, you know, something that's kept us together and kept us going. I just like his look. I, I like I, one thing that's awesome about baseball is you can be really good at baseball and you don't necessarily have to look like a vintage professional athlete. And just his shape and the glasses and everything. I just I, I, I like when somebody can can cut a different profile than than the everybody else. Yeah, and he also, you know, he competes. He competes really hard. Um, you know, he goes out there, he has he has a lot of he has a lot of fire. Um, and, and I think that just his ability to, to control his emotions, but also be a really fierce competitor on the mound and have a lot of conviction in his pitches like that goes a long way. 
Ian, you know I love to ask about ballparks and how they play. Having gone there as a fan and just sitting there like, wow, like it just seems like there's so much acreage out in the outfield in Detroit. What's it like to play out there? We've actually we've we've sneaky been here a lot because we we end up having the central for so many years with um, the twenty twenty season and twenty one. So we played here in eighteen twenty and twenty one, and it's it's a big outfield. And they've moved center field in a little bit, but it's still it's huge out there. It's pretty unique because there's no there's no curve to the wall. You know, it's it's straight out. So um, left field down the lines is is three forty something it's deep, but then it goes straight out. So left center um, is really uh, really far out there, and obviously that center field wall. So, uh, and it doesn't it doesn't fly really. There's some ballparks that are big. You know, there's Colorado that's big, and and Atlanta that's big, but the ball flies really well. You know, this one, you know, it's not like it, it's it's really jumping. So there's a lot of room to cover, and there's a lot of triples out there. So you have to, as an outfield, you have to play a little bit deeper and try to kind of cut down those gaps because it, it's you know. Wrigley, the ball gets in the gap. There's there's no triples because the wall's kind of tight. But here, you know, if that ball gets by you, there's um, guys standing on third base. How does that change your angle then when you're looking where to throw and where you're expecting the cutoff line to be if you know somebody's more likely to make that hard turn at second at a very minimum? Is that in your head with you with the moment you turn around, like sort of how you're aligned to make the throw? Yeah, I think it's more about where kind of where your starting points are and, and um, you're trying to take away more of the gap um, where you're starting and then you're probably playing a little bit deeper into that gap. Um, as far as the actual uh, exchanges um, and the relays, you know, you're just trying to get the ball in Nico or Dansby's hands as soon as possible. So, you know, for the most part, they're lining up um, in a similar spot if the ball's in the middle of the field, whether that's the home or the third, um, and just trying to get that thing in as quick as possible to those guys to make sure they can redirect where they need to. When the season started, it seemed like, okay, Cubs got their outfield set. You know, you got Ian in left, and you got Belly in center, and you got Seiya out in right. Seiya went through a really rough spot midway through the season, and I thought Rossi kind of handled things well on saying, look, we're trying to win. We can't necessarily work to try to get a guy out of a slump. But here Seiya is with a slash line in August of 333, 340, 733, Mm. working his way back. I, I love to see that, and two things here, Ian. What do you think that says about your team? And what do you think that says about Seiya as a teammate? I mean, I, I think that, you know, it's a situation where sometimes you just get a couple of days to watch, um, and it really helps clear you up mentally, uh, and, and you get a couple of days to just work, um, and then and then you come back you know, feeling really good. I, he, um, he's a great player. You know, he has the ability to do a lot of really, really good things on, in the game and, and um, has shown that. And so, you know, for him to just get a couple of days to breathe um, and then come back and be as good as he's been, you know, he's a big part of this team. He's going to be here uh, and it's been fun um, to watch him really swing it. Um, and, and, you know, he's got that ability. And I think our team is deep, you know, our team is deep right now. The lineup's deep. Um, you know, say hitting down, you know, six, seven, eight, you know, it's pretty, pretty strong. 
Uh, and, and so, you know, him to kind of bolster the offense, he's given us some really big swings adding on um, with some home runs that have, that have kind of given us a chance. Like last night, you know, you add on a couple runs there uh, and give us enough breathing room. Same thing um, in that, that Sunday uh, Kansas City game, you know, add on enough um, to give ourselves enough of a cushion to, to have a little bit of flexibility. And those things are big. And, um, you know, when Say is swinging it, man, he hits the ball as hard as anybody in baseball, uh, and it's fun to watch. Hard to believe that Javier Baez is 30 years old. It just, it's just—it's—it's amazing to me. Do you get a chance to catch up with him at all? I just saw him out on the field. Uh, I didn't get a chance to, to catch up with him before the game. I uh, hope to see him out there kind of a little bit early today. But um, he's, just a, he's just all the memories and, and the amazing things that I got to watch him do. And uh, he's been he's been just such a good player for such a long time and, and means a lot to the Cubs organization, the Cubs fan base. And there's actually, there's a few people um, in Detroit who, who have some Cubs ties, not only Scott Harris, but um, third base coach there was with us on 17 and obviously on the, on the world series uh, run um, Zach short. So mm-hmm. there's some, there's, and then McKinstry. So there's, there's a bunch of uh, Cubs ties that it's cool to catch up with those guys. At this point in the season, my my belief is that there's no such thing as an ugly win. A win is a win uh, for you guys as you continue to try to to win the division and, and make it to the postseason. What do you guys – are you even paying attention to what other teams are doing? I mean, you obviously see it, um, but the you know the biggest part is just doing your job and, and winning ballgames. And I think – Throughout the throughout the season, throughout the stretch, even when you're in this kind of run to to compete and, and be in the playoffs, like there's always going to be games you think you should have won that you you lost. And there's always going to be kind of tight margins of victory, even if it's a team that you're assumed to to supposed to you know win two out of three or sweep a series. Like it's very hard to sweep a series in the big leagues. All of these guys are major league baseball players. Every team has the ability to win a game at any time. Like it's not easy to go out there and win every single day. And if there's a stretch of games that you win by one run or two runs, like a win's a win. And, you know, when, when you're blowing teams out and winning eight to nothing or 10 to two, like it's awesome. But there's a lot a large majority of the season, they're going to be you know, one, two, three run games that you just have to find a way to win. And I think we've done a really good job of that. And like I said, it's adding on in the sixth, seventh inning to get, from a 2-1 game to a 4-1 game um, to give yourself a little bit of cushion. It's scoring two last night, you know, in the ninth after um, giving a few up to just put that game away and make sure that we had enough of a cushion. Like those things um, and the ability of this team to come up in, in some of those clutch situations, just find a way to, to claw it out. Like those are big moments. And, you know, that that's what good teams do. And that's what David Ross said after the game, but a team win, that sometimes the offense has to, pick up a rough night for the low leverage bullpen and you were down some of the key arms and guys were thrust into situations that they wouldn't normally be in if everything were arranged for a playoff series and for the offense to do that I mean that and, and obviously that's that that's appreciated that nobody's got to got to really wear it when you say look well however we got here we had more runs than they did by the end of it and I think that that's throughout the course of the season those are things that you have to do you know we We've relied on the back end of the bullpen quite a bit. We've relied on on foam and uh, and lighter and Merriweather and Alize quite a bit. And so to be able to you know we and as an offense you know we've been putting them some runs, but we haven't given them uh, a breather 
you know, in a few games where it's, you know, hey, we're going to tend to and, and walk away with this thing. But there's stretches like that. You know, there's stretches in the season where you just you're not you're not going to be absolutely stomping teams every game for for a month. So, um, you know, to for the bullpen to they, they did their job, you know, they they got us the win and the offense was able to pick up those two in the ninth, which was a big deal. Um, and, and you just keep going. You keep um, doing the little things that, that can get you to that point. When you look around baseball as just a fan of the game, are you as amazed as someone who plays, like, or maybe even more amazed as someone who plays the game versus those of us who haven't played the game? Like I look at what Julio Rodriguez is doing, I'm going, how is that possible? What do you see when you see that? Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty insane. I've I've seen some nice stretches, of guys, where it feels like they can't get out. You know, obviously we just saw Candy go eight for nine, but to uh, four straight games with what four or five hits, and that that's a it's a not only it's not a month changer. That's a that's a season changer, and um, you know, pretty impressive. And I think that's. You know, when you look back at, at the, his numbers at the end of the season, nobody will think about the that little stretch. You'll just see the back of the baseball card, and that's that's what good players. You know, it doesn't doesn't always happen consistently throughout the year, but those stretches like that, getting hot, and it can happen at any time. And, and I think that you know that's that's one of those things about baseball is you can be scuffling a little bit, and you're never as far away as you think you are.